Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Carol Master in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York City, right here on Bloomberg Markets. Our most read story in the past eight hours, new cyber attack goes global. We're going to talk a bit about that uh, and the reach and the companies hit. You're going to know some of those names. We'll get to that in uh, just a moment right here on Bloomberg Radio. Back, though, to what's going on in the world of business and a look at the uh, closing numbers uh, on Wall Street. Here is Duck Risner. Yeah, Carol, more than 80 companies in that cyber attack. I'll be listening to hear uh, what the discussion is like. Kind of a curious story. This breaking over the Bloomberg terminal just now, CVS Health Corp, the biggest retailer of uh, prescription drugs in the states, planning to sell its specialty distribution unit, RX Crossroads, and we are told this deal could fetch more than $500 million. Insofar as equity trading concerned uh, for today, a uh, lot of weakness in the tech space. Applied material stock hard hit down about 5%. Class A shares in Google, uh, actually uh, Alphabet, uh, the Google parent, uh, stock was hard hit today after that record fund from the European Union. Class A shares weaker by 2.5%. Dow Industrial Average minus one-half of 1%. The S&P uh, gave back about eight-tenths of 1%. And in the NASDAQ market, the composite index was down about 1.6%. Some Fed speakers uh, shaken up things just a bit. Fed's Vice Chair Stan Fisher saying that high asset prices may lead to future stability risk. And John Williams, he is the president of the uh, San Francisco Fed Bank, saying he's somewhat concerned about complacency in markets. In his words, the stock market it seems to be running very much on fumes. Earlier in the session, we had the president of the ECB, Mario Draghi, suggesting that the headwinds to inflation in the eurozone are temporary. Uh, that started this backup in U.S. Uh, long-term interest rates that we saw today. The 10-year last quoted in New York at a yield of 2.20. A recovery in crude at the same time, although right now in the electronic session, we're off uh, the session highs. WTI up about 1% right now, trading 43.84. Let's get back to Carol for more Bloomberg Markets. All right. Doug Krisner, thank you so much. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets, brought to you by National Realty, managers of New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, and Florida cash flow real estate, providing short duration, 10 to 16% returns on cash. See them at nria.net. This is Bloomberg Radio. Well, we did have another uh, cyber attack, a new one going global, spreading from Europe to the United States. Ransomware attack. Tom Beardsley is director of research at the IT security firm Rapid7, joining us on the phone from Austin, Texas. Todd, uh, thanks for joining us once again. Another attack. I feel like, you know, this is the norm. Um, if I just kind of look at, you know, you do a Google search every morning uh, and look for stuff on cyber attacks. There's always something out there. This, though, is similar to WannaCry, spreading from Europe to the U.S., hitting port operators in New York and Rotterdam uh, and disrupting yep. government systems in Kiev, um, affecting companies like Rosneft, uh, WPP, uh, and the Chernobyl nuclear facility. Uh, I don't know what to take away, that this is just going to become more commonplace, this is just the way the world is, or should we be getting more nervous about the seriousness of some of the places they're affecting and hitting, like the Chernobyl nuclear facility? Uh, well, I, I, I do take your point that this does seem awfully familiar. Uh, we just went through an exercise like this with the uh, WannaCry ransom worm that, that hit um, back in May. 
this is a, a very similar attack um, using uh, exploit-wise. It's using almost all the same exploits um, that, that WannaCry did. Um, so if people have been preparing against WannaCry, they're in a pretty, pretty good position today against uh, PETA or pet, these PETA-related uh, uh, ransomware. I mean, this is a case where I guess a lot of large companies have been out there safeguarding their systems. Um, although WPP is a large company, Rosneft is a lot large company. Um, I don't know. How should we equate this? Like I said, is this just a normal part of doing business at this point? Uh, and there are safeguards that can be put in place to protect companies, to protect utilities and the like. Well, um, the, the Internet's a hostile place. Uh, it was designed um, many decades ago, uh, back in the 70s, uh, with the notion that any computer should be able to talk to any other computer. And now we're in 2017, and it turns out every computer can talk to every other computer. So <laughs> right. um, that's just kind of the design. And um, we do see that there are some things on the Internet that really oughtn't be there. Um, most importantly um, for, for this issue uh, is SMB, which is the Windows file sharing protocol. Um, there is, I can think of no earthly reason to expose this to the Internet at all that should only be on, like, a local network. And so enterprise IT admins should be triple-checking their firewall rules uh, to make sure that they're not allowing, um, you know, out externally sourced uh, connections to their SMB file servers. You know, Tom, I recently uh, moderated a panel that was looking specifically at cybersecurity, uh, talking with a bank, talking to a tech firm that's involved in security, talking to chief investment, uh, not investment, but information officers. And they, you know, reminded me that it's not only just about protecting your own systems, but you got to also think about the third-party vendors that you work with. Oh, for sure. That's where a flaw can happen and a problem can happen. Very, very often. Um, yeah, like it, it, your own IT is, is your business, but everybody else's IT is also kind of your business. I mean, we saw that with um, the Mirai botnet um, that hit, uh, oh, gee, that would have been October, um, this last October 21st, um, where we were, up until Mirai, we were all worried about, like, how are we going to secure all of our Internet of Things devices? Uh, and then after Mirai, we were all asking, how are we going to secure ourselves from all these Internet of Things devices that are out of the network? Um, so the, the the threat does come from this kind of this this mass of kind of unconfigured or lightly administered um, network devices out there that um, in in combination do cause like some pretty serious hazards and some some serious disasters like the one we see today. Hey Todd, this is your business. I mean, so you're dealing with companies. They consult you. Uh, how often is it that they consult you only after there's been some problem? How many are really kind of putting insurance policies in place ahead of everything? Um, well, I can't really speak to the cyber insurance market. Um, but we well, but by insurance, I mean by insurance. They're, right. They're, you're, and you're right. There is that cyber insurance pro, uh, uh, market that's insurance. out there, and it's growing. But I mean, in terms of putting, you know, taking safeguards to protect uh, their IT systems. So we we do get like a small percentage of our customers like start off in panic mode, like like today, right? Like they they have a compromise and they call Rapid Seven and they say, Oh, MG, I'm totally compromised. What are you guys going to do for me? Um, but most of the time, we're not we're not operating like that. We we're we're very much into um, you know detection and defense rather than 
you know, remediation response. It's way better. Um, you know, you, it's cheaper. You can do it on your schedule. Um, and it, and it kind of just gets you, like, we can help companies get into the habit of having decent security and testing their backups and testing their, their defenses through, mm-hmm. like, both, you know, scan it, like vulnerability scanning, uh, through all the way through, like, offensive security exercises where we, like, you know, kind of parachute in on site right. and attack the network for you. So, like, hey. all of that together t- takes it, let, let, lets you be prepared for, like, that, that next disaster. All right. Good to know and good to get some time with you. Todd Beardsley, Director of Research at Rapid7, joining us on the phone from Austin, Texas. Right now you are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Time for another check on your latest world of national news headlines. Let's uh, head on over to Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Carol. Thanks. We're getting very close on health care. That from President Trump meeting white right now with Senate Republicans at the White House after Majority Leader Mitch McConnell delayed the vote on his party's Affordable Care Act replacement until after the July 4th break. It's a very complicated subject. I remember how challenging it was for the Democrats when they were enacting this uh, back in 2009 and 2010. It's a big, complicated subject. We've got a lot of discussions going on, and we're still optimistic we're going to get there. A growing number of Republicans came out against this bill after the Congressional Budget Office estimated it would mean 22 million Americans losing coverage over a decade. A long debate is set to begin this week over the size of the U.S. military. Tomorrow, the House Armed Services Committee begins writing the Defense Authorization Bill. It's a $631.5 billion measure, $28.5 billion more than President Trump asked for, but even that was well above the only $549 billion cap in military spending under the Budget Control Act. Adam Smith, uh, the ranking Democrat, uh, called it uh, fantasy island money. Uh, because, I mean, authorizers can, can prescribe and they can say, this is how much we authorize you to spend in a certain year. But where the, you know, the, the rubber hits the road is on the spending committee. And Bloomberg government congressional reporter Roxana Tyrone says there is no viable plan to lift that budget cap. You can follow the debate. It's just getting started at bgov.com. Global news 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.